and swept the Toronto Blue Jays. The Rays are going to San Diego to take on either the Yankees or the Indians in the American League Division Series. It's time to raise the roof as the Tampa Bay Rays, your Tampa Bay Rays, are headed to the 2020 American League Division Series against the New York Yankees. Uh, we are back. This is our second postseason episode. Apologies for not getting out a couple of them earlier, but it's okay. We are here. It is just me and Gibby tonight as it is a late night recording. This is actually Sunday morning uh, at about 1 a.m., so the fun times at the recording studio. Uh, unfortunately for... For Gibby's uh, University of South Florida Bulls, they did not have such uh, success <laughs> on the football field on Saturday against Cincinnati. A, a sure did opponent in the American, but uh, hopefully, good things to come in the future. So, um, so yeah, uh, not, you know, not, just need to stop good. shuffling quarterbacks. <laughs> That's, oh, don't I know a little bit about shuffling quarterbacks? They shuffle quarterbacks every like three plays, dude. It's crazy. Maryland, anyways. Went- Maryland went through five quarterbacks in a season the one year. Oh, that's year. crazy. And somehow DJ Moore got drafted in the first round, and he's currently Carolina's number one receiver and top ten receiver in the league. So, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But uh, no, enough football talk for this because I'm sure that there are plenty of other podcasts that do that. And we got to talk about uh, a series that happened a couple days ago. It finished up. Obviously, there is a series to come on Monday. We are going to have a separate episode just talking about the preview part of it, uh, just previewing the Yankees series. But me and Gibby are here to talk a little bit. Actually, not a little bit. We're going to kind of dive into what happened in the Blue Jays series. Obviously, the race swept in two. I know we were, us, all three of us, were a little bit skeptical of the Blue Jays, obviously having a very good offense and good pitching. But it seemed that the Rays didn't care about what we thought. And Hyungjin Ryu blew up in front of our eyes. So that was something that I don't think any of us expected. And now the Rays are back in the American League Division Series for the second straight year. And things are looking up. Gibby, going off of that, or I guess, what were your, what were your thoughts about the series? Well, we got contributions from guys that uh, their contributions are not felt. Weren't felt the whole season, the whole regular season at least. Um, Hunter Renfro with that. Uh, monster grand slam in the second game to basically almost put the game away um, was really helpful. Also, I think the day before, or maybe the same game, I forgot which one, uh, Mike Zanino with a two-run blast. It was, it was the same game. I, it was either in the first or oh, second yeah. inning, Zanino hit the two-run ball. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. That was that was in the same game. Okay. Um, so good contributions from those guys. Um, uh, the first game, we just shut them out with, Wait, was Glass now in the second game or the first? Glass now was in game two. Snell, Snell pitched the opener. Snell played game one. Game one was just three to one, right? I think mm-hmm. that was the score. Yeah, yeah, it was three to one and then eight two. Yeah, so we definitely shut him down for pitching the first game, and then we kind of flexed our offense more in the second game. So I I feel really good going into this next series against the Yan- against the Yankees, and yeah, it was a good series, you know. Can't complain about much. It was a very good series. I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, where the hell did Mike Zunino and Hunter Renfro come from? Because, unfortunately, in the regular season, 
they did not have the crazy contributions that I think that most of us expected, even though we already knew Mike Zunino wasn't that good of a hitter. And it did show this year as he batted like 120 or 140. It was it was sub 200 by a lot, and it wasn't a good average. And same thing with Renfro. Mm. I expected a lot more from him. He did not show up as much as I thought, but he did hit the Rays' first postseason grand slam in franchise history, which is a good thing. He also broke open the game like Gibby just talked about in that, in that um, I think it was either the th- second or third inning, like really early on in Ryu's start. He looked bad from the get. He he looked bad from the jump. Like in that in that first inning, he threw 20 pitches, and he could have thrown a lot more. The Rays wasted an opportunity because I think it was Brousseau had the. Um, he either like let off the game or was second up and tried to stretch a single into a double. And then I think, I think it was Teoscar Hernandez threw him out at second base and then they could have gone around to score him. And then that would have put in two runs in the inning instead of one. And I was really frustrated about that, but they ended up making all that back because, you know, Zunino hit the home run, uh, Renfro hit the bomb and then they ended up getting another insurance run, which they didn't really need. And then in, in going back to the first game, now both games were dominated by pitching on the race side. So, Snell had a no-hitter going to the sixth inning, had a really good outing. Glass now pitched six innings. I think that Kevin Cash thought that he was hurt at some point in that game, but I think it was just the way that he came off the mound, and it, it he, he really didn't look hurt. Yeah, he, like, Glass now kind of, like, brushed it off. He was like, no, no, I'm fine. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> he definitely didn't look <laughs> like he, 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 he didn't look like he did anything bad. Like, like it, it, I guess through the – the, the follow-through of his delivery, it didn't look like anything inherently bad happened. I think it was just like he just, like, moved his hand a little bit. And they were like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, they want to be careful with him. <laughs> Definitely, considering the injuries very, that he had last year. Very important. To, yeah. To but, right yeah, so uh, they got contributions from their starters, which was, was really good. Snell showed up. Glass now showed up. The bullpen was excellent. Nick Anderson threw way too many pitches in the first game and then settled down in the second game, which was good. Diego Castillo got some innings in. I know Aaron Luke got some innings in. In, in the second game, Pete Fairbanks got his first save of the season when he was 0-4 in save opportunities in regular season. So very happy for him to get his first save postseason or regular season, I guess, as a member of the Rays, which was very good here. Very good to see. The Blue Jays threatened a lot. Uh, shout out to Willie Adamas for literally being a brick wall at shortstop. Like, oh my God, he made some plays. He made some. He oh, made yeah. some crazy plays. I don't know if you remember those plays that he made in Game One, but he saved the Rays. He saved the Rays' butts. Yeah, he was crazy in that game. Absolutely. He was. He was. And he was nothing short of spectacular in that game. Uh, to put it simply, yeah, God, he really flexed on everyone. He did, His and talent. I. And, and we were all dogging on him because he wasn't hitting on offense. And then he's like, oh, well, I don't need to hit on offense. Let me go show off my glove. And he's just an absolute wizard at, at shortstop. And it was just it's, – it's so crazy because, like, Wander Franco is below him right now in terms of, like, guys that would come up. But, like, I'm happy with Willie. Like, if they want to move Franco to third base and, and like, figure I've, out – That's what I've heard. That's I'll, I'll I've do heard. that. That would be, like – that would be, I mean, and then they would have to figure out what to do at first base because I'm sure that they could probably, there would be some sort of weird platoon because now they don't have Jose Martinez. So they can figure out what to do with Choi. And then they would have Choi, Sutsugo, and, and Diaz playing a combination of that. And I guess Diaz would then platoon with Franco at third. But then they would have like, they would basically have three guys kind of sharing that or four guys kind of sharing that 
third base, first base, and then DH role. So it would probably be Yandi. It would be weird because Sutsugo also plays third base. So it would be like a Yandi, Franco, Sutsugo thing. But then it would be like either Sutsugo or Choi at first base. And then one of those three guys not named Wander Franco as the DH. So it, it, it's going to be really interesting. And I'm sure that they'll find a way to platoon people. I know that Choi's their number one at, at, um, uh, at first. And their DH is, you know, DH kind of changes here and there. So. But yeah, no, it was um, it was very very excited to see what what uh, Willie did at shortstop. Was really excited about the pitching. The pitching looked really good. The stable, the stable full of ninety eight was showing their worth this weekend. It was it was it was a lot of fun to see. I love to see on the Blue Jay side. They have a lot of um, just quickly because I know that Gibby's got a quick point. Uh, the Blue Jays have a lot of promise. They're 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 really good. Uh, and Danny Jansen hit two bombs, like absolute moonshots in that second game. So shout out to him for hitting the moonshots. I don't know. You, you look like you were about oh. to have a point. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just – we did everything we had to do. And, you know, we won like we should have. And, honestly, we just put the game away in that, in that, in that second game with, the, with all of our hitting. And then we just kind of cruised on by. It was a good series, good series. It was a very good series. I, what, so I, going into that first game, at, at times in that first game, were you nervous? Um, I was until did Brett Phillips? Was it Brett Phillips who got the two run shot? No, it was game? no Margot hit the Margot hit Margot, the Margot. Sorry, yeah, Margot. Yeah, Margot hit the two run shot, and then I wasn't really that all, all that worried. I was they, still, kind, they kind of threatened in the ninth. Yeah, I believe it was like yeah, it was like the seventh, eighth, and ninth. They had they had runners on. I got I started getting really scared, and then our bullpen just pulled through. And like I said, Willie played a really good shortstop. But I was I was getting scared in that first game. I was like, oh, I don't know if this team's that good. <laughs> like like I don't know if this team's as good as advertised. And then and then they ended up shutting the door, which was really good. And then obviously the second game was just. It, w- it was a cakewalk after they got that seven-run lead, seven-eight-run lead. It was, it was. So we are all excited, and I'm sure Evan was also equally excited for for everything. It was. I, I do want to say just a quick thing. Uh, how did you feel about being able to actually see fans in the stands, even though they were members, family members, and or yeah, basically just family members or significant others of players? Was like. Compared to what you saw during during the regular season, how weird was that even seeing, like, 50 people in the stands for a playoff game? Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, I mean, I've been watching college football, and, you know, they don't really care. <laughs> so, um, they, don't, they don't really care about all the corona stuff. Um, but it was, it was cool seeing someone, like, get a baseball hit to them, and then they go and they pick it up, you know. Um, that just hasn't been happening. It's just been a bunch of fans getting – a bunch of cardboard fans getting hit in the face with baseballs. So, it was it was nice to see some fans get some uh, souvenirs to keep, I guess. Yeah, I think I remember the one in the second game. There was, like – so I think it was a guy on the race hit, like, a long fly ball foul, and it went to the second deck. And then a guy went over to get it, and he was like, I have the ball. And I was like, wait, that's not supposed to happen. There's not supposed to be people here. And I was like, oh, wait, they're supposed to be here. And it was, I don't know, it was like I felt a lot more comfortable with that, you know, because they're family members. So, like, I'm completely yeah. fine with how they did that, and I'm glad that they were able to do that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was – yeah, it was funny. I know Blake Snell said something on MLB tonight. He was like – he was like <laughs> – it felt like a sellout or something to that extent. <laughs> just see, seeing people at all felt made it made it feel like it was just like packed to the brim. Obviously, it wasn't, but I'm sure that that had some sort of effect to actually see people there that were moving and not yeah, just. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're like they just they just want to put on a show now, you know. I guess I guess it encouraged them to pull on through. Yeah, game. There's gonna be a. Aren't there gonna be like eleven thousand allowed at the World Series? Well, I was going to transition into that before we went into our uh, our Rays IO report and then kind of wrapping things up. So, yeah, so Major League Baseball did announce that they will be having fans in Arlington at Globe Life Field, I think it is. I think that's what it's called. I, I, I keep for it, There was a Globe Life Park there in Arlington that used to exist um, when, they, when the name change happened, and now it's Globe Life Field or something like that, and the two are so interchangeable because they're literally right across the street from each other. That like I just forget and like people just make fun of it because it looks like a grill so you know whatever <laughs> um, but yeah so Major League Baseball did announce that they are going to have I believe it was 11,500 people at both uh, the NLCS and the World Series both of which are being played in Arlington I know on the American League side the one of the ALDS, which is the Rays-Yankee series, and then the ALCS are both being played in San Diego. And then I think I forget what the other American League series is. But I do know it, it might be Los Angeles. So it might be the AL teams get California and the NL teams get Texas, which makes sense in my mind. So that's – yeah. So I, I was curious, uh, currently being going to a school that isn't – or I mean not going to a school, but being in a marching band of a school – that is in Florida that I'm sure is probably going to have some sort of fans at games for home games moving forward. What was mm-hmm. your reaction to it? And just based on what you've seen, cause we just talked about it with college football. Do you like the move that major league baseball made and just what are your thoughts and reactions to it? Well, I guess if they're going to have the bubble and there's going to be distance from the fans, obviously it can happen. Um, I'm a little worried about the fans exposure obviously they're gonna spread them out but you never know uh we don't really know how like how college football is doing with uh in terms of take in terms of like cases and coronavirus if if they're like spreading events Mm -hmm. or not um so it'll be interesting to see i think i think it'll be i think for the world series it'll be fine you can really space out people at a baseball stadium especially if that's like a like a 35 thousand seat venue and there's only eleven thousand allowed it'll, it'll be pretty uh safe in my opinion um it'll be a little weird to see fans in the end after all mm-hmm. and you know kind of kind of disappointing because you know we, ne- we never got to see our team like in in like a home game kind of capacity but it'll be it'll be cool to watch no matter who gets there that's true uh so the way that i think about it is and I guess going off of, so we're talking about obviously Major League Baseball, it's a modified bubble. It's not the same sort of bubble that you have seen with uh, the NBA and with the NHL. It's nothing close to that. But it is some sort of a hybrid, you know, a modified version of a bubble. And, you know, the, the point of the bubble is for those inside the bubble to basically be contained within that area. And it, if you're going to say, oh, let's bring fans into the bubble, then you're breaking the bubble. 
and then there's no point in actually calling it a bubble. You might as well just play the games back at the stadiums where they were supposed to be played and then go from there. Like, it doesn't make any sense to call it a bubble, but then bring in fans to the bubble because literally the other two sports that did the bubble, the whole point of it was to, like, separate themselves from the fans so that there would be no contact between the players of the league and then the outside world, basically. Like, it was it was a whole private thing. So, mm-hmm. I like – it's it's very interesting to see them change course literally at the end of the season when they said, oh, we're not going to – throughout the season, they have abstained from having fans at games. They've used the cardboard cutouts. Some teams have used stuffed animals and other things in order to fill the seats up. But, uh, like, I know that for the ticketing policy, because my friends were talking about it, um, the possibility of going, I believe that, that the ticketing policy is, is that I think you need – to have a hotel room reserved in some sort of way, and you need to buy at least four tickets. So you can't just buy one ticket and you're not allowed to resell any of the tickets, which I, in this sort of instance, with those things and restrictions put in, I like that idea because then that deters people from just buying them and then reselling them, obviously, because there would be no resale market. And it's basically saying to the people, you're taking this calculated risk you are either going to buy the tickets and say that I'm going to take the risk and go, or you're not going to buy the tickets because you have to buy at least four, which is a lot more money than buying, you know, just one. And it's just, there's a lot more that's actually being put into it. So I, mm-hmm. I, I hope that that will make things a little bit better. I don't know how much it's going to deter people and not deter people from going. I just like, I'm looking out for the players here. I'm looking out for the fans here. I don't want the fans to get exposed. I know that in, 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 in some of these states, the restrictions just don't exist and people just don't care. But I don't want people to be flying it because none of the teams are the Rangers. Like, there is no Texas Rangers that are currently in the World Series and or the playoffs that would have their home fans being played there. And even Houston, which would be the closest city to Arlington slash Dallas, People still have to travel there, which means that and the people that are in the World Series, especially in the National League side, fans, if fans want to go to those games, they have to travel there via plane, via car, whatever it might be. And that's, again, another calculated risk of people traveling these far distances in order to get to this, just to see this game. And who knows, like, they have to, I, I think they're re- doing this, like, way in advance. So you're buying the ticket in the hopes that your team's going to get in, but your team has a, I mean, your team is a 25% shot, shot in, in each league in order to get in. So, like, you're not guaranteed a spot. Like, you're, like, mm-hmm. you're not being like, oh, I'm an Athletics fan. That means that if I buy this ticket, the Athletics are going to get to the World Series. Like, that, that's not guaranteed. So, like, it's a really calculated risk for people that are trying to, um, you know, like, that are considering buying these tickets. I just hope everyone's safe. I don't – I personally don't like it because if you're doing – like – I don't like it in the idea of what the bubble stands for, which is to prevent people from coming in. And then if you're saying that by playing at neutral sites and then having fans in, then don't call it a bubble because that's a misnomer. So if they want to bring in fans, they can bring in fans as long as they're socially distanced, wearing masks, following directions and, mm-hmm. and, and not having COVID testing negative, taking all the precautionary steps that they need to take. As long as that's safe, then I'm fine with that. I just don't think that there's, to, to say that you have some sort of a postseason bubble and then say, we're going to have fans in the postseason bubble, there's no bubble anymore. You just you just absolutely destroyed the bubble. Well, I think they'll have a lot of separation between 
who's ever in this, whoever is in the stands and the players. Um, oh, I'm I'm fine with that. Like 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 I understand that. It's just the point of like when you're calling when you're calling it a bubble. Like there's only a certain amount of people that can be there, and you can include family members in that. I mean, if you think about the NHL, didn't allow any family members in there. The only people that were allowed were basically like essential team personnel. And it took the NBA like two months to allow any sort of family members into the bubble uh-huh. of Disney. So that's why I'm like a little bit hesitant on it because you can't call it a bubble anymore if you're allowing 10,000 plus people a game. I know it's not capacity crowd. There's going to be people that are going to be spaced out. They're going to make sure that all the restrictions are put in. And if they're not put in, then they're probably going to SMU them. For those that don't know, uh, the police basically just kicked out the entire SMU student section today because they weren't following restrictions and it was hilarious because they all just got kicked out because they were being stupid so I that just, was pretty funny I did that, see that. yeah that's what I hope but I'm just like like it you're not if you're advertising it as a bubble then that means no fans so you're not really calling it it's just a neutral site world series so they have to kind of change that up in my opinion yeah I see your point I, but like I think I, they'll 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 probably have enough distance between them and the fans to where that won't be really a factor yeah no i i do completely understand that like i am i am all for doing it in a safe way as long as Mm -hmm. the people like as 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 long as the people who are buying these tickets and going to these games understand the risk that they're taking regardless of wearing a mask or anything i mean there's still a chance of of contracting it in some sort of way because i'm sure that people you know things are going to happen and people aren't going to do it for as much as you're going to for as much as you say to people do it, that doesn't mean that it's 100% going to happen. So I hope that it doesn't happen. I hope that no one gets it, but you just have to be safe about it. Just get, you you got to protect the health and safety of the yeah. people because then that's going to make Major League Baseball look really bad. If you're like, oh, we didn't have fans the entire season and then the World Series comes and then there's all these cases that, that spur up from the World Series and National League Championship Series. Yeah, that wouldn't be very good. Yeah, no. Considering – no, yeah, Manfred already has a bunch of problems. Considering that they were fighting about money to begin the season and not trying to figure out health protocol, and then like two teams have massive COVID outbreaks to uh, to begin the season, not a good luck to be like, oh, we're gonna have fans in at the end of the year, and then like a bunch of them get or you know a, a number of people get COVID, and then you're like, oh, you know, money. <laughs> <laughs> so in short, money. So that's what it's all about. <laughs> that, that, that you're damn right. It is all about money for better or worse. But yeah, so that's going to be a thing. So we will watch that. We, we will see fans in the stands. It will be interesting. It will definitely be interesting. I know that we will all be interested to see what, what will happen and how it will take place. But to end this, we are going to quickly talk about, I guess we can, eh, it's not really worth it to do like a roster update. Cause they haven't announced the, uh, the, the roster yet for the, for the division series. I was really angry to see uh, Ryan Sheriff and Josh Fleming not put on the AL wildcard series roster. So I am curious if they are going to be left off. I hope they come back. I hope hope they put them on because Fleming has been lights out. Yeah. I really like Fleming. Sheriff has a zero ERA this year. He's pitched in like almost 10 innings and he's got a zero ERA. That's crazy. So I don't know why they haven't included either of them, I guess, because no experience in the postseason, more or less. But still, if they're good enough, why not include them? 
because your bullpen's already really good and your pitching staff's already really good. And it's, you know, like if you're the Rays, you're like, oh, well, like Charlie Morton doesn't do that well in game three. Oh, we'll just throw in this Josh Fleming guy who the Yankees have never seen, or if they've seen, they've seldom seen him. And, and he just carves them up as like a lefty that's thrown like 92. Yeah, I really, I really like Josh Fleming's stuff. He's a good he's – he's, he's like starter material that we got on our – basically in our bullpen. So it's, it's just nice to have. Him and Yarbrough. It's nice to have a guy that can – yeah, exactly. <laughs> our two crafty lefties are our two most reliable starters in terms of innings. <laughs> Possibly. Kind of ironic. Yeah, kind of ironic. <laughs> Yarbrough definitely more than Fleming. Fleming still got to pitch a little bit more. But, yeah, so mm-hmm. quick, quick IL update. Obviously, Yandy Diaz and G-Man Choi both came back from the IL for the AL Wild Card Series. They both played uh, – it had minimal impact, but it was nice to see them in the, uh, in the lineup again. It was nice to see them playing. And in terms of stuff for the uh, American League Division Series uh, matchup against the Yankees, from what we know, Austin Meadows might be coming back by the beginning of the series. There's a possibility. And then we don't know anything about Alvarado yet. He, we're still trying to figure out what the heck's going on with him. But mm-hmm. there is a possibility that Austin Meadows could come back. I know he hasn't had the best of a year this year. But if Meadows comes back for the division series, if they end up adding him onto the roster for the division series, what do you think? Like, well, do you, well I guess I'll pose this question to you. Do you think they should add him onto the roster if he's healthy enough to play? I think you got you got to give him a chance because you know he's like he was an all star last season. Um, you know he's got good stuff. You know he's clutch. So you just got to you got to give it to him. You got to trust him. I think if he's if he's willing to play and he wants to go out there and play, I think you should make damn sure he doesn't play. I agree with that. I respect that take. I I just like I just hope that something happened over the last few weeks because. I mean, he did contract COVID at the beginning of the year. Obviously, COVID has uh, affected different players in the league who have contracted it over the course of the season differently. Obviously, Freddie Freeman and Juan Soto, it's almost like nothing happened to them because they're both MVP candidates in the NL. And then you have guys like Austin Meadows who get it, then it throws them off their game. Now they're batting 200, and they're just not the same player that they were last year. So basically, in my mind, I'm hoping that last year wasn't a fluke. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think that Meadows is a really good player and he's an all-star caliber player and he's a superstar, at least for our sake. I don't know superstar in terms of Major League Baseball in general, but at at least for the Rays, he's a name that can get people, you know, through through the turnstiles and will get merchandise sold and will get people's eyes on the team. And hopefully something happened mentally where things kind of, the cogs changed for him. And maybe he has a better mentality and a better plate approach coming into the division series. I mean, it doesn't help that he's, you know, in those first couple of games that he could possibly be playing. He would be facing off against Masahiro Tanaka and Garrett Cole, who are the Yankees' top two starters. Obviously, Cole being the one, Tanaka being the two. Tanaka's a good postseason pitcher, and obviously Garrett Cole is just Garrett Cole. Like, there's no other real real way to describe him other than he's Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Like, I want to uh, – I guess we'll see what happens. I want to see what he can do. Do Well, I guess in terms of playing time, again, if he were to be activated off the IL for this series and he were to be healthy enough, do you think that he starts in any of the games or do you think he comes off the bench? What sort of a role do you think that he'll have within the team? 
Um, you know, if I'm predicting, I'm thinking game one, he's going to be pinch hitting. And then game two, put him in the lineup, see how he does. And game three, after that, if he does good, just keep him in the lineup. Maybe sub him out one of these days if he slips a little. I don't know. Where does he slot in in game two? In ter- if, he's, if he's starting in game two, does he slot in as a position player or does he slot in as a DH? Huh. It could just be DH because I'm not sure about his injuries, really. Um, it's, it, it was a hamstring injury. Okay. So, I mean, he could be out there in left field, maybe. I'm not sure, though. I was thinking for maybe just from a I was what you were talking about. I want to base it off what you 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 just said. Pinch hitter in game one, possibly play position later in the game. Mm-hmm. Probably DH in game two, and then position player in game three. I feel like that's kind of like a good uh, yeah. progression because you. I mean, Choi and Diaz really didn't like like they played, but it took them you know a game or two to kind of get adjusted to everything. So I feel like mm-hmm. Ash is going to get it get him a little bit more adjusted to the situation. Well, it's it's dangerous when it's you know it's the big bad Yankees. That is true. That is true. The Yankees are at full health right now, as far as we know, unless like the baseball gods rain down on Aaron Judge and just like mess up his body in some sort of way before Game One, and then everything just falls apart. No, I don't want don't that want to happen. Wish. Yeah, I don't want to wish. Obviously. I don't want to wish. Yeah, no. There's no point in wishing any harm on the Yankees because the scene like. As much as I dis, as much as we all vehemently dislike the Yankees, seeing them good is good for baseball because that means that other teams are going to be up to try to beat them. Like mm-hmm. that's good for baseball to see a competitive Yankees team. But you don't want to see. I mean, it's the same thing with and the Patriots will go. And I know that you were a Patriots fan at one point, and are. I mean, you were a Tom Brady fan, so you followed the Patriots and then kind of came back to the Bucks. Um, yeah, the, still kind of, still kind of both right now. I really like Cam Newton. I decided. So <laughs> okay, so I, I so a mixture of the two, but mixture of the two. Yeah, but like so with the Patriots, I think that uh, you know I don't know how competitive they're going to be this year, but like they're not going to be that same team with Brady. But like I think for the NFL's sake, as much as you know, people didn't want the Patriots to win, it was good to see them competitive because that meant that teams would you know get up for that game to play for them. It's the same thing in college football. It's the same thing in any sport when you're playing the best team in the league. You're trying to play good to impress people and obviously to get the win, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it might be. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a very interesting series. I know we'll get into it a little bit more tomorrow or later today since, again, mm-hmm. we are recording this on Sunday, early Sunday morning, by the way. We're talking like the wee hours of the morning on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be a very, very interesting series. Um, I do want quickly uh, your thoughts about the Rays going out to San Diego. Do you think that will help them or hurt them? Uh, I think that, well, they're not jet lagged anymore because, you know, they're going to have like a week to adjust to the time. Um, I think they'll be fine, to be honest. You know, we kind of play on the West Coast anyway. So it's just the West Coast over on the West Coast. Mm. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I see it, you know. That is the sun's, the sun's in the same place. That is true. That is true. That's a good call. I and I also do think uh, I I cannot I can neither confirm nor deny this, but I could probably do it in a couple of seconds. But I do think that the Rays took over the Padres dugout. I I mean yeah oh. yeah like 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 the Padres clubhouse. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, they took it over. 
which means that that's obviously vibes because for those that didn't see the Padres Cardinals series, boy, the Padres are a fun team to play baseball. So when, so as I figure this out, yeah, the Padres had a really good series, but yeah, so it was really funny because they really didn't have a chance to celebrate because the Rays literally moved, Rays and Yankees literally moved right in after. So I do not know if the, I do not know here nor there of where the Rays moved into. I can check this quickly. But I do remember on the ESPN broadcast that I believe that they said that it was in the Padres dugout. So if such thing is true, then that means the Rays are in the vibes. Yes, vibe spot. So vibes are, vibes are always good. But I'm trying to think. I think that's pretty much it for this episode. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I know, again, short notice. So uh, please make sure to tune into this episode. Make sure to tune into our previous episodes of this season, uh, regular season and postseason. And make sure to tune into our episode, which is going to come out at around noon on Monday before game one of the ALDS versus the Yankees, where we, where we preview the series more. We, we wanted to make sure that we recapped as much as possible of this of this recent series win against the Blue Jays. We're all very happy. We're all very excited to, to see what's going to happen. It's going to be a fantastic series with the Yankees. And I'm sure that we're all going to be very, very, uh, you know, it's going to be a very, very enjoyable, watchable series. So with that, uh, follow us on Twitter at Roof Rays. Make sure to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, and raise up. Raise up. Yeah.